Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to Mud Her, rewriting the Mother Code with me, Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And I want to give a big shout out to you. If this is your first time listening to my podcast or you've been listening all along, I'm hugely grateful. And I've just been in a space of gratitude as I've come into this new year. You know, 2020, 2021, you know, some people are calling them lost years. I I don't know. That has not been my experience. I feel like I have found myself in these past two years, but they have been disruptive. They have been uh, tumultuous, you know, being learning to be in the space of the unknown and change and fear and upset for sure. Um, but they've also opened up space for a huge opportunity. And I decided early on in COVID that they would be years of, well, I didn't know how long it was going to last. Um, but at the beginning, I said, I really want to take advantage of this disruptive time for uh, exploration, self-exploration, you know, re, re-looking at myself. And, and I've done that. And I want to kind of share a little bit from this perspective of it being January and a year ago, this time I focused the episode on dry January 
so you're going to be hearing some from that episode, but I, I wanted to speak a little bit to my journey. You know, this year is, I don't know, I, I actually should know. Um, I don't know, it's something like year 29, I'm not quite 30, maybe year 30 of my own sober journey, I guess. I didn't call it that, it, that. I didn't call it that then, um, but that's what it's been. And really something my husband and I made a choice. It wasn't about not drinking. It was about consciousness and what were things that were in the way of us being conscious. And I'm forever grateful for Dr. Judith Wright's work on soft addictions and really looking at what are the deeper hungers underneath? What are my yearnings that I'm trying to meet through any kind of um, habit or addiction, soft or hard. And she really opened up a space for that, at the, for a continued exploration of that, that led us, led me. And then, you know, soon to follow my husband of us deciding, you know, we just don't want to mess around with alcohol. It's such a powerful substance. Um, whether, you know, we could kind of foresee that, we both had alcoholism in our upbringings and um, in our DNA, so to speak. So why mess around with something that is so powerful and that, you know, even shamans and highly evolved spiritual people who use, you know, other mood altering substances for some of their spiritual journeys, but not alcohol. And it's just one that's off their list. And I think, um, you know, that's something for us to reckon with. And I, I certainly don't have a righteous, moralistic viewpoint on it at all. Um, but everything in Rewrite the Mother Code is being willing to look at the truth around paradigms. You know, and we have a lot of paradigms in our culture around social drinking and acceptability and being part of things. And, you know, we've certainly as a couple had our share of that, you know, as in a you know, a whole lifetime of, of, of not taking part in alcohol. And yeah, I, I know it's kept us out of some social circles. Um, and that's okay with me. You know, it's been okay to, you know, both hang around with people and socialize with people who drink and also, uh, be around people who choose not to, you know, and, and those spaces can be very different. They both, you know, have, their pros and cons. Um, like I said, there's, there's no like absolute right way to, you know, make these choices or that there's a, a, a right choice. But I think something like um, dry January, what's great about it is it's, it, it allows people to, you know, play with it, play with the idea. If it's something you've never thought about doing before, you know, um, it's just never even occurred to you that like, Oh, what would it be like to, you know, not have that social drink um, when I'm out with friends to not be part of the culture that's like, oh, yeah, I had such a hard day. And of course, now I'm going to, you know, go have a glass of wine. And, and uh, you know, what would I do instead? What, you know, what am I yearning for? Am I yearning for that connection? Am I yearning for some um, relaxation, some peace, some quiet? What I'd like to add to my repertoire. So I'm not just in kind of a lockstep habit of, you know, using a substance to take me to that place. Um, I think it's great for us to have a requisite variety of ways that we go about our own consciousness, our own mindfulness. 
And so this is a month um, that you can play with that. So given that, you know, I, I live a life of dry January, February, March, April, you know, year after year, um, I have seen huge benefits. You know, for me, it's it's kind of hard for me to even imagine life any other way. Um, so it's been a very positive life choice for me. And I'm super grateful for what it's brought as far as my relationship with my husband and you know, not having to wonder or worry if either of us are going to, you know, take it too far and where that might have led for us, but to, you know, have conscious, awake time and real time with each other and to sort things out and be with each other, um, even when we're uncomfortable. When And the, believe me, we've had times through COVID and other really stressful times like, yeah, this would be one of those times I kind of wish I was drinking. Um, I wouldn't mind having a bunch of drinks right now to just, you know, wash away, whether it's this pain or, you know, upset that might be going on in the moment, you know, so we can kind of laugh about that, but then, you know, we do need to tend to that pain, to that upset and rather than numb it, you know, find ways to actually fully feel it and go on um, a journey of what it is that I'm trying to get away from and instead of moving away from it, move toward it. And that's, I think, one of the hard and challenging aspects of it. Because, you know, you might hear that like, yay, you're going to feel your pain more. You're going to feel all your feelings more. And wait, what? what why would I want to do that? And I'm, I'm hoping that if you do decide to try something like dry January, you have moments of realizing like, oh, it's okay. Like I can be with my feelings. I can be with me. Um, and all the ups and downs that happened to me just in this month. I'm trying something uh, a little new and different. So I wouldn't call it dry January from an alcohol perspective, but I am going to take some time and we'll see, you know, how it, it pans out for the month. But I am taking a few days this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on something I'm calling a productivity fast. And um, I'm nervous, excited about it. So I'm not one that, you know, someone would label a workaholic. Um, you know, I, in some ways you might, like I characterize myself sometimes even as lazy. Um, and I'm really trying to reframe that um, for myself because the truth is I doing busy work a lot and other people who look into my life or, you know, that, I recently get to have gotten to know over the last several years, like, oh my gosh, like you're, you know, you work a lot and you're always doing something. And there's things about that that are great. Like I, I love my very full life, but I'm also been realizing in this last year that I don't think I always use my time well. And that there are times I'm avoiding the moment or what's going on with me by being in my email, um, by you know, being on social media, you know, for my business, right? Like I, I have to do it and, you know, posting and doing other things, but what's it like to just, and it's a little bit like um, the solo retreat I did, but this has a particular focus of, you know, not doing anything productive and just saying, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just, so I'm going to be learning. I'm going to be learning right along with you on, what it might mean to take something out of my life for a period of time, just so I can look at it. I've done um, 
fast, like juice fasts, juice fast fasts. <laughs> I've done um, cleanses and um, fasts around food. And I've learned so much. I've learned so much about how I use food when I'm bored or also to avoid my feelings. So I really want, I'm really expecting there to be a lot of learning for myself out of this and just realizations about um, where and how and how much, you know, I'm using so-called work activities uh, to avoid and to avoid my feelings and to avoid myself. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. So that being said, um, I'm excited. I want to turn it over to have you have the opportunity to listen to where else we went this time last year around dry January and, and this type of uh, choice and activity and what it could mean for you. So we're all in this together as usual. I, of course, am 
always excited and love to hear from you on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons with DMs and what you think of this episode, what, what you learned or are learning or even any, any reaction you have to like, no way I would never do dry January. And here's why, um, any of it, it's all great, all great stuff, but I'm excited to be getting into the new year with you and really look forward to our time together and what's going to emerge and, and what's possible for us, uh, in this coming year. This is Dr. Gertrude Lyons, and this is the first podcast of 2021. So happy new year, everybody. Excited to be joining you and really want to be with the inspiration that comes, that always seems to come at the start of a new year. And what does that mean? What does that look like? We're going to look through the lens today of that inspiration that has come in the form of something that a lot, a lot of people are now actively taking part in, which is dry January. So what are the benefits? How did this start? Where did it come from? That's some of what we're going to be with. But as we're being with that, I'm going to ask you to be thinking about about just as we think, you know, look through the lens of rewriting the mother code, today we're going to be rewriting our alcohol code. So here's what I want you thinking about. How did our parents, caregivers, and other adults model their relationship to alcohol when we were growing up? And how did that modeling influence us? What cultural messages did we receive about alcohol? And how did that model influence us? And in what ways does your relationship to alcohol mirror other relationship dynamics in your life? And if you could rewrite your alcohol code and step forward into a relationship that you felt proud of, what would it be? What would be your expanded uh, experience and definition of alcohol? All right. So this fits great as we look at something that came into being called Dry January. It was started in the UK in 2013. So there was a woman a couple years before that who decided on her own that she was going to, she wanted to get in shape. I think it was for a triathlon. I may not get every one of these details correct, so you're welcome to to Google it. But it's really cool because this woman decided that for herself, she wanted to not drink alcohol as she got herself physically in good shape to run either a marathon or a triathlon. She then joined a UK-based organization or charity called Alcohol Concern UK, and that was in 2012. Working with that organization and talking about what she had done, they said, hey, let's, you know, let's make this a thing. So they, you know, they advertised it, they put it out, and they got some more, they got some people to follow it and, and join in. And I think in that first year in 2013, they had about 4,000 people sign up to be a part of it. But then it grew and it's now, you know, in 2020 has become a global phenomenon. You know, there's people throughout Europe and the United States participating. It's in the millions now. So how cool is that? That's not that long for someone to to start a cultural shift in something. And um, I think what was cool about it is, you know, it's accessible. Somebody can think about no matter where you are with your alcohol intake. OK, a month. I could try that. And they really quickly like jumped on the the wagon to see like, you know, could, does it make a difference to people to abstain completely and what, you know, what people have been finding or significantly limit, but mainly bring consciousness to their alcohol consumption. And that's what I think is so cool and fits so right on with Rewrite the Mother Code is we want to raise our awareness. So by doing this, just by putting it in your mindset, um, and you may start out saying, I'm going to go for completely abstaining for the month. And two days in, you know, there's people who report like, yeah, I had a drink. 
But, you know, they stay with it as a mindset through the month. And some research has been done where six months later, people have felt like just by doing that month that their attitude toward alcohol has shifted and they're engaging in less risk. I think two thirds of the people that were surveyed like six months later. No, you know, it hasn't been studied in real long term effects, but it does show that by raising our awareness, we can shift behavior. And I think in getting ourselves mindful about something that culturally is just so ingrained, right, in our culture that there's so many beliefs that we have about alcohol being the way that to have fun and the way to socialize and all the advertising and way we've all been, you know, completely convinced that if you're celebrating, it should include alcohol. Or if you're nursing a breakup and, you know, it's spoken of as the kind of the cure-all, right? And we also know that it's something that causes huge problems for people. And, you know, what isn't talked about culturally so much is, you know, what a powerful substance it is. And there's just huge power in the energy of alcohol. And, you know, we, we need to honor that. And I think this dry January really helps do that. So other things have been noticed, you know, just from a month of abstaining, people's, people report sleeping better. They report, you know, be, have more clarity, more focus. Because uh, when you're doing something all the time, you don't realize the impact it's having until you step away from it for a little bit. And that's what people uh, have found and in, in some longstanding physical aspects of it that, that they're finding. So, you know, culturally, we get to see and, you know, and look through that lens. And, but then how, where it's going to be very individual for people is looking at messages and programming that we got in our upbringings around alcohol. I know for me personally, when I look at it through that lens, my mother had, you know, you're always an alcoholic, I guess, but she, she quit drinking completely before the year before I was conceived. And, you know, I know alcoholism runs in, in my family and other arenas. When my husband and I got married, uh, he would have been considered a serious, having an alcohol problem, you know, I don't know at that point, diagnosed alcoholic, but it was something based on our upbringings and based on the, the influence that we knew it had and the impact and the detrimental impact it had in relationships, we decided, this was 27 years ago, that we were going to stop drinking. And I did something similar to a dry January. I said, I'm just going to experiment with this. You know, let's see what it's like to go without alcohol for a little bit. I didn't immediately say I was never going to drink again. And it was kind of a two-year process for my husband and myself to explore what it would look like, you know, to remove alcohol from our lives. And you really realize you stand out, you know, culturally and even within our families. It, it really met with some significant resistance and it everything that makes people uncomfortable, it, it kind of highlights, you know, their drinking habits and, you know, things like this. But the more comfortable we got with it, you know, the less people criticized it or, or had strong reactions. And we really got to see that we were part of the creators of, of any of those reactions, you know, and then an, an expanded definition of it, you know, for us and really starting to see we, we started in this with kind of more of a negative vision, if there is such a thing. But, you know, Rich and I said, as we let go of things like alcohol and other, as Judith Wright would call them, soft addictions that were more in the, you know, the eating realm or the, you know, watching TV, we decided to, we saw that how that was robbing us of closer relationship and connection with each other. So we turned off the TV and then we had the TV leave our house. Now, granted, there's so many more screens 
available to us now. Um, but that set us on a trajectory. And we said addictions would stop in our in the line of our family. But we realized it took us a while to realize we needed a more positive vision around consciousness. And that's what I think is so beautiful about dry January is it expands our definition of what consciousness is. And until you step away from something and see what it's like to live without it and really tell the truth about the benefits and the truth about where the drawbacks and the significant ways that it gets in the way of some of a lot of the things that we more deeply yearn for, like closer connection with people. Uh, that we, you know, yearn. I, I've heard, uh, you know, Dr. Judith Wright say that a lot of the times things, substances or things that we're, we put in the place of our deeper yearnings are very closely related. So I also like to think that, you know, when we're drinking spirits that we're actually, that I'm actually yearning for more spirit in my life, you know, and some of that freedom, that letting go, that inhibition that, that drinking can give us. Can I feel that free to live in that myself, you know, and I won't have the excuse like, oh, yeah, I acted that way because I drank too much. Nope. Um, that was me. You know, that was that was me really being out there. Really. I remember, you know, early on thinking, could I have fun without drinking? Is that even possible? And we went to, you know, this was in our 20s and we were, felt like we were going to a wedding about every other weekend. But uh, my first wedding sober wedding, uh, I was like, oh God, this isn't going to be fun at all. But I had so much fun, you know, dancing and really feeling free, feeling, you know, uninhibited and free and having so much fun uh, and connecting with my husband and being with people that uh, it really showed me. And and I kind of wanted to say like, hey, I'm having this much fun and I'm not drinking. You know, it was there's a lot of phases you go through in, in a process like that. But I think, um, you know, so will the will the impact last? And how do we keep something like that going, you know, post 30 days? And that, that takes a much, you know, deeper look and an intention to really see, like, what would my life be like without alcohol? And, and be courageous to ask that question. And, you know, I, I don't need, I'm not saying this is right for everybody to try if I've read some things, you know, about people who take this on. And if you have a very serious alcohol problem, this could feel like too drastic. And, you know, you should consult a doctor if you're going to do something like this and you're worried about the impact it could have, you know, not to underestimate something as powerful, again, like I said, as the substance of alcohol and its impact. So really, you know, putting yourself in this environment, taking this risk, asking these questions, and then, you know, you might say, all right, you know, after this, maybe I'll keep it going a little bit longer and check out things that happen that are, you know, alcohol free and see how you like being in those atmospheres and keep experimenting. And I think the important thing is that you're trying it, right? That you're that you're exploring, you're making a more discerned decision than when you do decide to have alcohol you may even start asking yourself, you know, before you have a drink, what am I feeling now? Why, why I didn't feel like having a drink an hour ago and now I'm like dying to have a drink. Um, you know, and where have these just become habits that we kind of mindlessly embark on? And we then have way more control over ourselves and our lives. And it it can really, you know, bring to us physical benefits, emotional benefits. Um, the thing I'm, you know, most interested in is the clarity that it brings and the the clarity of that choice 
and knowing that we have a choice around it. Because sometimes when, when something that is so ingrained in our culture, it starts feeling like it's not even a choice, you know, and I'll hear people say that like, well, you know, I'm in a certain industry, like I'm in sales and I have to entertain people. So I don't have a choice or I'm in the entertainment business and it's around me all the time. I mean, it's not true that you don't have a choice, but I think it is true. And I, I, I would want people to really realize if it's something that you're really feeling like you want to do, that those environments are going to absolutely make it more difficult, but not to lie to ourselves and act like we don't still have the choice. Uh, my husband, as I said, you know, we decided to become alcohol free in our mid twenties. Um, and it's now been, I think, 27 years. Absolutely don't miss it. It seems like foreign to me now to think about, you know, having it in my life and that, and it's, it, it, it might not be, you know, what other people choose, but it, it was a right choice for us. And he was very successful, ran his own, you know, started his own business, you know, grew a business from, from nothing to a 450 person, very successful e-commerce business. And that entailed a lot of sales and a lot of um, conferences and a lot of, you know, shows where entertaining is a big part of it. And he did all that without drinking. So, you know, I, I know of at least that one case study. And of course, there are many, many more, you know, and it doesn't mean that people can't have a really healthy relationship with alcohol. Uh, we just decided not to, you know, not to mess with it. We knew how strong the alcoholism ran in our families. We knew how difficult it would be. And so sometimes it's great to make an all or nothing choice. Um, it certainly isn't the only way, but it certainly is something that doing uh, and following in this movement. And I'm, I just think it's so great that somebody got this started and it's had such an impact and so many people want to try it. I think that really says something about our culture and our society that people are starting to question some habits and some things that, you know, despite all of the the research and that that shows it's really in heavy consumption isn't good for us in any way. You know, I was talking about this with somebody and it's not an accident that it's called getting intoxicated and that we're putting toxins in our body like you know, and if it's something, a habit that you have daily that you're poisoning yourself. So if you want to get extreme and look at it that way, but even when we know that it doesn't mean it's going to change our behavior. So it's only by looking at, you know, these, the pull up from our culture and the pull from our, our childhoods and, you know, to find out and know the history in your family and know, you know, where, how much of a problem has it been? And, you know, that, that is very wired deeply into us and the, the DNA, has the gene has been found, you know, that it, that it can be hereditary. So just knowing those things and having a lot, a lot of compassion for ourselves. So I, I definitely, uh, promote it. I encourage it. I think it's, it's a, and especially after this last year and, you know, if we, if we really want to set out in as mindful and conscious a way in 2021, uh, with our eyes wide open and our hearts open and, and us um, setting visions and goals for ourselves, you know, this will only help. And by experimenting with these kinds of behaviors and putting ourselves in this, it will it will only help us. It, it, it definitely won't hurt. So I encourage you, I send my blessing on this and whatever you decide to do starting the year uh, in, with, you know, new ways, new outlooks, um, experiment, you know, play, have fun. 
And uh, I wish you well. And if there's any way I can support you in it, you know, this has been a journey I've been on for a long time. And I always love to, to put myself out there as your guide or support in any way that I can. Well, Happy New Year again. Happy dry January um, and blessings to you all. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.